Welcome to the Winging It Travel Podcast with me, James Hammond, where every Monday I'll be joined by guests to talk about their travel stories, travel tips, backpacking advice, and so much more. Right now, I'm taking the podcast on the road traveling with me. So tune in every week for short form episodes detailing all my travels alongside my Monday guest episode. Are you a backpacker, traveler, gap year student, or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. This is a casual, informative podcast designed for you to inspire you to travel. There'll be stories to tell, tips to share, and experiences to inspire. Welcome to the show. Hey, yeah, just a quick one. I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5. Or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with TeePublic, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as t-shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcast, and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcasts, and other stuff. Hello, and welcome to this last installment for Aman. And today we are going to cover driving up to Nizwa in the central of the country, Bala Fort, Jabrin Castle, and a last day and a morning in Muscat before flying out to Nepal. And I'll give some final reflections on our road trip. First of all, we woke up in the morning to some calm weather because the night before was pretty hairy with the wind. It sounded like the waves were on top of us, but we got out of the tent pretty much straight to the ferry because we had a 7am ferry, probably got there for like 6.30. And it was a relief because that means the ferry, in theory, should be quite calm. No one on the 7am ferry. So if you wanted just a quick drive over to the port, straight onto the ferry, 7am is your ferry. And we got to Shannaport in about an hour. We actually filled up with petrol on the island, but just bear in mind that you're going to have to have cash on the island. They don't take card for petrol. So we filled up, got to Shannaport, and our first stop was a coffee, of course, and we drove to a cafe called Caldo Cafe. This was on the main road leading up to the number 32, which is a major highway through the middle of Imam. And these guys had fantastic coffee. It's probably about a real each for a coffee. Would recommend it. Quite chill. Middle of nowhere, but it's on the way. And after that, we got onto the number 32 road to Nizwa. This 32 road is newly paved. It's not quite dual carriageway but it's quite a large road and you're going to have to overtake some slow lorries no one on there quite fast in terms of the kilometers you could do probably smashing in 130 uh, even though the speed limit is probably 120 but you can definitely get a move on on that road would highly recommend it we're a bit worried at the start because no one's really written about it and we're not sure if that's going to be a bit of a shitty road but actually a top road and this one is going to be two nights at Nima guest house because it's way too hot to camp the temperature was going to be between 35 and 40. No way we camped in that. And it's right in the middle of the country, so super stifling heat. And we arrived in good time. Got to the guest house, and we couldn't check in first because I think the guest house sort of manager had to run someone to the hospital. So we went to a local sort of cafe, really, to get some aircon and some lunch called the Dynamite Lab. Smashed in a coffee and a pizza. Then we got to Nima and the... Price for Nima Guest House is 33 real for two nights. That's with a room with aircon, breakfast, espresso, coffee, and laundry, all in amongst that as well. The guy who's running the hostel is Sadiq. He's from Pakistan. He's a really nice guy. 
he'll help you with anything, laundry, breakfast, whatever. The breakfast was sensational, lots of fruit, eggs, tea, coffee, juice, whatever you want. It's a really good breakfast there. I think he only charges one real for it, so you might as well get that. And also laundry is available. Our aim for the rest of the day was pretty much enjoying the aircon because we've been two nights camping in the tent. We wanted to shower, to chill out, and just get a bit cool, really, because Nisbar was equally as hot as anywhere else, and sleeping in a tent can get quite warm and dusty. So we had, obviously, lunch at Dynamite before we checked in, checked into the hostel, stayed there all afternoon doing not much, had a shower, and enjoyed doing nothing. For the first time, we had proper internet so we could catch up on podcast stuff, social media, doing some admin for the next place, which is Nepal, where I'm recording this episode, and also just watching some TV shows. It's quite nice just to check in on those things and kind of really not worry about the elements of outside because tenting was interesting in that heat. And for dinner, I think we ordered in on one of the apps for Talabat and got something like a burger and chips, nothing to write home about. After breakfast next morning, this day was purely a sightseeing day. And we had lined up, we're going to drive to Bala Fort and Jabrin Castle, all fairly close to each other, half an hour drives. And it was super hot again this day, but we're going to brave it anyway. I'm talking it was 35, 36. It's so hot. First off was Bada Fort. This is a 30-minute drive from Niswa. And there's loads of parking. So you can just park to the fort and then walk around into the fort or around town. But our first stop was a cafe. And I went to one of the best places for coffee I've had in Oman, but also possibly on this trip. It's called Bun Alnder Roastery. And it's probably about a five-minute walk around the corner from where you park from Bala Fort. And they roast coffee there. So it's Armani roasted coffee. Reasonably priced. Fantastic taste in coffee and aircon. What more do you need? So we decided to go and see the fort first and then come back for another coffee somewhere else in amongst that little sort of souk area in Bala. And entry to the Bala Fort is three real. If you're going to look online, you're going to see cheaper than that. But it's now three real, just to let you know. And we were one of maybe another couple was there seeing it as well. But it's so hot this day. I, I don't blame people not for seeing it. Anyway, we got in there, spent about an hour in there checking out the fort. You can go up in and around the fort, all these different types of rooms, different viewpoints of Bala Fort and Bala, the town in general. It really is worth it. And there's different phases to this fort. There's a really old phase at the far end of the complex, which is like over 1,400 years old, whatever it is that guy told me. You can go and see that, and then as you come closer to the exit, it gets less old. But a fantastic structure, definitely worth seeing. Afterwards, we treated ourselves to another coffee, and we walked past the cafe going to the last one called Kadem, K-A-D-M, and we thought, oh, we'll try there afterwards. And this place is absolutely incredible. You go in, a real small area to order your coffee. You get your Americano, and they say, oh, you can take a seat and we'll bring it to you. And when you take a seat, you go out of the little area where they work and do the coffees. And you go into this little, like, historic souk. And left and right, they've got their own rooms. And these are tiny little rooms with a coffee table, a seat or two, and aircon with some like, nice little artwork on the wall. And you sit in there and you have your own private little room. Couldn't believe what I was seeing. Recorded an episode on that. That will be released in full detail on the Trendy Coffee podcast in the future. And the coffee was sensational. Same price as the last one. You've got to go to Kadim. If I'm honest, we didn't really want to leave. But next was Jabreen Castle, which was only a 10-minute drive from Bala Fort. Hopped in the car, drove over to Jabreen Castle, and again, parked up in the shade. 
and got in there. Entry fee for this is three real. Now online you'll see 0.5 and I did question this because this was more obvious in terms of the price. But a lady told me at the time that they'd just been taken over by someone who's privatised it, they bought it themselves, as now not government owned, and it was 0.5, but now it's 3 real. Classic privatisation. Same as Bala Fort, we climbed all the different stairs in the castle, sort of views, every room possible, and about 45 minutes an hour. It was a great little hour in there, checking out all this historic stuff in Jabrin. Both Bala Fort and Jabrin Castle are two nice, easy kind of things to go and see for the day both kind of the same price and also fairly small so even if it's a hot day you're going to spend maximum an hour in each i think our last stop before driving back to nizwa was going to a shopping mall a classic in Oman because they have great options for food but also aircon and we drove to a huge one in nizwa and got a classic mcdonald's for lunch done some supermarket shopping at lulu's we also managed to get money changed at an exchange next to that Lulu hypermarket. But we didn't have our passport with us. And when we went in, they kind of wanted us to have the passport. We didn't. And I felt like it was an off-the-record exchange and transaction because they said, don't worry about it, we won't give you a receipt. We did manage to get some money changed. And in an evening, we got back to Nima Guest House and had Dynamite Lab, which is literally next door, about a five-minute walk. We went first. And that was pretty much our road trip coming to an end. We finished off... With a nice bit of aircon and a guest house because it was too hot to tent. I'll come to the summary in a bit. Then we drove back up to Muscat next morning. Pretty easy drive, bit of admin. We had to get up, have breakfast, say goodbye to Sadiq, drive back to Muscat, drop off the tenting gear at Chris's. He's called Nomad Chris, by the way. Then drive the car to the airport, drop it off. Hopefully, we won't get charged for anything. I did worry on the way back to Muscat or the day before that I was getting speeding tickets. Because on the road to Muscat, there's cameras. So you need to be careful. I think 100 or 120 is the speed limit. I wouldn't push that far as you. And I think one time I overtook a lorry, I approached it about 125 and I saw a flash. And I thought I was in trouble. But I've had no comeback on that. So maybe got away with it. But just be careful going up to Muscat with those speed cameras. They are all around in each like maybe one mile. They're sort of dotted in the middle of the road. Got back to Europe car, no dramas there, dropped the car off and then got a taxi to our hotel for the night, which is called the Muscat Gate Hotel, which is kind of close to the airport. It still costs seven real to get a taxi. You can't use the apps at the airport, so you have to flag one down and then hope you don't get too bad a price. And we got back to Muscat, chilled out, and then prepared for Nepal the next morning. And Muscat Airport is a dream, easy to navigate, and we had a fly Dubai flight to Kathmandu. So overall... Final reflections on a modern road trip. First of all, I am going to write a blog about this actually, but I'll tell you in audio now. I think you should avoid May. Unless you've got a 4x4, you can go to the mountains. Just doing a normal 2x4 with a tent situation, you're going to find trouble in terms of finding somewhere cool. We stuck to the coast for our trip, but I think May was just a little bit too hot. Lack of planning on our front. But it was doable. We'd done three nights in a tent four technically if you count the waiver sands and it wasn't horrendous we got a breeze in the evening and night it kind of did get cooled down a little bit but i would recommend maybe a bit earlier in the year and i definitely wouldn't go in the summer later than may second of all the type of car a two by four is definitely possible with a tent early in the year no problems i think you can stay anywhere but you are restricted with some of the roads you can go on and also a four by four gives you more options to go and seek out some of those real 
middle nowhere places to stay. Also, with Nomad Chris, you can rent a 4x4 with a pop-up mattress bed at the top of the Jeep, and that would be very, very handy because that just makes it a bit easier. And finding some spots to tent in the shade are quite difficult in Oman. Oman also doesn't have any infrastructure for the camping. You can wild camp anywhere, which is great, but they have no facilities. So showering's going to be on your own back. Uh, get, getting water, you've got to buy somewhere or to source it out and filter it out. So toilets that don't exist so you're gonna really have to be a bit rustic with that and also for Oman I would take some good amount of money it's not a cheap country the only decent price I found for anything was coffee that was quite good value but renting cars renting 4x4s is gonna be expensive and petrol is cheap it's about half a real to the litre so that's pretty decent um, in terms of western prices but is an expensive country and for renting hotels for the night for two nights it's going to be between 10 and 20 reals in that ballpark figure the Wahiba Sands was an interesting one I don't know if I recommend the one we've done I would probably do a bit more research on that to get proper experience because that's expensive and you don't want to just pay just to go in and get dropped off and go again um, so I would recommend doing a bit of research on that and May is the end of the season it kind of felt like that at the camp so yeah definitely between sort of October, November to April I'd say is your time to go and finally an amazing country amazing scenery you've got sensational deserts islands beaches and little oasis in the middle of nowhere uh, all these little pools that are free fantastic free attractions I don't think we pay to go anywhere um, in terms of an attraction obviously apart from the privatised forts and the roads are fantastic, easy to drive, not many speed bumps, all paved and super easy to navigate. English signs as well. It seems like no one's on the roads really, but maybe that's the time of year. And things are easy to organise. So we've done a tour for the turtles. That was easy to organise. The ferry to the Masira Island was easy to organise. It's all fairly easy to travel in Oman and super safe. Never felt anything other than that. And they have fantastic, brilliant supermarkets. So you can potentially do stuff yourself if you have somewhere to cook lots of options to get your meat or your vegetables and cook yourself instead of eating out so overall next time i would get a four by four in a cooler part of the year and i'll go and see some mountains as well because you can't go with a two by four because of the law and go and check out other parts of the country that we didn't check out i think further south salala probably be a cool place to go and check out and all the middle mountains in the middle pretty cool but overall Masiri Island was fantastic the turtles were amazing Muscat is an easy city to get started in and the roads are very well interconnected I hope there's enough details there for you to think about Oman I would recommend it get out there and you won't regret it cheers